I'm Good. Gonna, I'm gonna. I'm putting the system on trial. Are I'm putting you? the cookie system on trial here. Hey, real quick. I said we did the one cookie limit. That's start. what I said. I said one cookie limit. Who's this is running ridiculous. this place? And my answer, I said, I said, oh, you're serious. Message. You actually texted somebody about the one cookie. Yes, you did. Oh, my gosh. You texted uh, uh, the top the about top the brass. cookie issue. <laughs> top brass. And they were like, I got time to respond to this. COVID's running out of control. <laughs> World, you know, World's locking down. World's locking down. Holidays are coming up. Let me respond to a cookie text. I got. Don't worry. I'm on this. All right. I just got a text. Yeah. Seriously. There is no limit. Just ask for another. <laughs> you got it from the top brass. So do you have to basically say, my mom says it's it's cool if I have two, though? Like, do you want you show them your phone with the text on it that says, like, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I should. I'd be like, I got I got permission. Here's my permission. Remember 30 minutes ago when you told me I could have one I cookie? I walk back in. I've been doing some work since then. Uh, that bowl of cookies? I'll be taking all of it now. <laughs> all of it. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bobsas and Banthas a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, we're talking about people are losing their minds over Baby Yoda slurping down some eggs. We touch base on The Mandalorian during our Mando moment, and in our main segment, we're welcoming our friends from We Like Theme Parks to join us in a discussion about Life Day and its fantastically awful origins as we discuss the history of the Star Wars special. My name is Scott Storm, and with me is my brother on the mic, the itchy to my lumpy. Okay. Aaron, Absolute Humanity wow, you Robbins. Went, you went full Star Wars special I with that. I went full Star Wars special. Such good names on that show. Like, oh my gosh. So much time spent developing real Kashyyyk? Kashyyyk names? Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk names? Kashyyyk. Yeah. Kashyyykian names. Lumpy goes way back in the Kashyyyk history. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a historical name. It is. It's yeah. a historical name yeah. of some importance. Welcome to the show, episode 35. I, I am so jazzed about this episode. I am so excited. We're doing a Life Day celebration. Yep. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Holiday Special, yep. and we're, this is the part one of a two-part episode yeah, yeah. that we're doing with our friends at the We Like Theme Parks podcast. Yeah, well, they actually put some effort into putting this together. There's been meetings, conference calls. You got you got pulled off of a bike route. Yeah, yeah so there's, this, this is not like a just a whimsy thing. This no, is like a serious collab. We're not doing some sort of loosey-goosey, limp-wristed, yeah. Han Solo blasting here. Yeah. We're doing some precision shooting. Yep. Uh, I've, with, lo- I've uh, lost the analogy. With, uh, with We Like Theme Parks. Coming That's right. Up after we do the news, and we're going to do news and all that stuff like that. Should we banter first? Let's banter a little bit. All right, bit. what's been going on? I don't know. Hey, it's July again. Uh, Remember only, July? We're back to July. If only it was July. I mean, I'm excited it is. To, I'm excited to get to the Mando moment, because I have watched, uh, I'm caught up, and there's like de- decent news to talk about, and it's not all dreary, so I'm excited to get to that. Anything else that I need to know about your life? I mean, other than the four hours of cookie podcasting we did before we got started. Oh, here it comes. I'm sorry. Here it comes. Get ready. A storm's a brewing. Uh, they're just it's 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 just such arbitrary, ridiculous. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it on the show. I'm not oh, it's going get, in the show. I'm not gonna get angry on the in show. In a time where very little makes sense, it would be nice for the cookie limits to follow some sort of consistency and order. Hey, uh, how was your week? Give me a quick, quick rundown. Did anything standing out other than the fact that we live in California? Yeah. And now we, uh, like uh, I think you said, 
welcome to July. Yeah, we've we've moved back to July, except yep. it's it's le- it's worse weather for us. Yes. Uh, how are you doing? Good. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I like that the weather performed an allegorical performance yes. of the current state <laughs> yes, of the it world. Just where dreary. It was like, yeah, you got the news like, hey, everything's back in lockdown. Boom, Boom, rain and dark and overcast. Literally, you and I uh, sat and had a conversation on Monday where you were like, maybe I'll go down to downtown Disney. Yep. And I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, I was so excited. And then Gavin Newsom just poked his head and went, uh, guys, hey, I don't think you so. Know, you make fun of me on your podcast all the time? Guess what? Guess no what? downtown Disney. Mm, I'm not going to let you go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but talk, I, we'll talk I'm sorry, I'm, I'm late for my lunch at French Laundry. Oh, man. All right, oh, what was man, he doing? We got political. Uh, hey, what do you say we uh, yodel in that news? Do you feel like we bantered enough? Did you share anything about your week? Anything good? Give me one good thing. Something you've done. Disney-like this week. That's been great. I need something good. It feels like an internally long week for yeah. me right now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like Wednesday of next week. I was going to say it feels more like Wednesday of last <laughs> of week. Of last week. Okay. Good <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we might as well yodel in the news. Let's do it. Ooh-hoo. It's time for news. Oh. Remain seated, please. Let's talk about The Mandalorian. Okay. Episode two of this season. Episode two, season two. Episode two, season two. That is correct. Had a storyline where there was a lady frog alien creature. Uh Uh-huh. That lady frog alien creature had a vat full of unfertilized eggs. Yes. She really wanted to go to the planet where her husband was so that those eggs could get fertilized. (laughs) she sure did. So they could repopulate their, their family line. Yeah. And during the course of that adventure, Baby Yoda, the child, the child, the child, yeah. goes over the tank, and his his eyes light up to see the eggs, and you Ooh, think this is so cute. Pretty. They're so pretty. And then uh, that's the head fake because yeah. then the next thing you know is Baby Yoda's reaching in the tank and he's just slurping them down. <coughs> yep, he's eating the eggs. It reminded me of you seen Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Yeah, like 1991 that, or whatever that movie, it was. Oh, the movie opens, not opens, but there's a scene where a guy's riding on Are a wagon. Are you pulling and, a Dances with Wolves reference <laughs> yeah, right stick now? stick with me. I'm even trying. This guy's like uh, riding in a wagon across the plains and he's got a jar full of pickled eggs. Pickled eggs. Yeah, pickled eggs. I remember this. And he's just getting eaten and then he gets shot in the back. Yeah. So that yeah. reminded so me of that scene. That's basically what happened. Yeah. Baby, the, the child has his jar full of pickled eggs yep. and throughout he's eating them. Yep. Then he gets shot in the back by the internet. You pretty much. Yeah. Yes. The internet got very upset. The internet went crazy We're going to have this. a lot of Funko news this new segment, which is fun. But true or false, Funko released a Funko Pops moment of the child eating the eggs. Is that true? True. <laughs> what the heck, man? Well, no, no, no. I take that back. It's a Funko Pops uh, moment. Moment, yeah. Of the child. Like, oh, not eating them, but not just eating near the them. eggs, but near, but near the eggs. But there's but, like a little, like, that's where it's headed. It's completely headed there, and yeah. it makes me uh, laugh so much. Now, I don't know what to tell listeners that are listening that are offended by the fact that the child is eating the eggs. Yeah, well, it's the last of her line. It's the last of the line. It's genocide. It's the wiping out of a, at least a family name on Frog Planet. I, I suppose you could take that stance. There's a lot of fanfibians out there. Fanfibians. <laughs> You, uh, you, you did it. I did it. You did it. I am so proud of you Yay. for doing it. I got a little tear, a little Aww. parental, t- almost like a parental tear. I was all grows up today. You're is what's all going grows on. up. He nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. Thank you, everybody. Have That's a great a night. Show.
You weren't offended by it, or yeah, or you thought we're not talking about the episode. No, no, you're not offended by it. Whoa, lots of lots of gesturing. Oh my goodness, so much gesturing, guttural noises, guttural noises and gesturing. No, why would I be offended by this? Why should anybody be offended by this? Again, this is a story about a made-up frog person who has made-up eggs and being eaten by another made-up alien, like. I don't even feel like I should be justifying the fact narratively that this is okay. To be fair, we all kind of got the subplot there that those are not really her eggs. She was smuggling those, correct or no? Total smuggling. Yeah, she's totally an yeah. egg smuggler. Yeah, exactly. The whole those, story was you know made what those up. Were? Those were uh, those are sarlacc eggs. Yeah. They, 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 they grow. They were sarlacc eggs. They grow, they hatch, they eat everybody on that planet. Yoda, that's right. Baby Yoda, Yoda did us doing, a favor. That's right. He knew that. He knew that because you could tell that whole thing was a costume, not a real frog person. He had it all figured out. Classically, the Mandalorian totally oblivious to what's going on until he needs to not be. Yes. And then still kind of. And then still somewhat ob- uh, oblivious. It's the helmet. I can't see a I whole can't lot. See, I have no peripheral vision. <laughs> I've got no peripheral vision. I can only see in a T. Yeah. I can't do anything more. I'm sorry. Uh, someone wrote, I'm a mom. It's not funny at all to hear a mama frog lady. <laughs> I can't even get through it. I can't even get through the ridiculousness. Of it. I agree. It's not funny at all. It's not funny at all, Aaron. Yep. It's not funny at all to hear a mama frog lady go into great detail about how important and beloved her eggs are to her and have to watch them get eaten on three separate occasions for sugar and giggles. Yeah, I agree. It's not funny either. I agree. The episode was not Can't funny just or interesting. One mom get to survive and keep her kids. Yeah. Can't just one mom do that. One frog lady mom in the entire universe. In the entire universe. Yeah, I agree though with her. It was not funny. Hey, or for, cute. For the record, tell me. For the record, Aaron. For the Star Wars frog egg record. The frog lady who doesn't even have a name. Can we yeah. also can we also just acknowledge the her character frog lady. the character is so disposable they didn't yeah. even bother to name her. But for the record, the frog lady was very adamant about the fact that her eggs were important to her and that it was her last and only chance to have kids. Yeah. So little little babies. It's actually To be fair, t- tadpoles though, right? Not even not even tadpoles. No, a tadpole would be a fertilized egg that That's what, That was her last chance was to have a tadpole. Once they got fertilized. Once they got fertilized. Yeah. Little smuggler. Here's my question. Okay, ask me a serious question about this serious bit. If I go into my fridge. Yeah. And I, I pull out a carton of chicken eggs. Yep. And I hard boil those chicken eggs. Yes. And I eat those chicken eggs. Yep. Am I committing chicken genocide? No. Why? Because uh, those eggs were never fertilized. Oh, I walked right into you it. You did it. Yeah. You did it. You're two for two. Yay. I'm so excited for you right now. Uh, the ones you're eating in your fridge didn't have the potential to be fertilized. The ones in that jar did have the potential. So you're you're ending the potential. Aren't all eggs that are unfertilized potentially have the potential to be fertilized? Um, but she can't make any more. She's at the end. Of we the- don't know that. I don't think we know that. Okay. I'm sticking with she's a smuggler and moving on to the next bit. Does this make you feel uncomfortable? No. Does this make you feel uncomfortable because I am taking a very strong stance on a very ridiculous issue? (laughs) Yes, it is. I think you should take a softer stance on boiled eggs. Oh, he did it again. That's three for three. That's right. All right. So anyways, uh, because of like the madness that this uh, happened online, because people were losing their mind, basically just, uh, just 
saying Disney has to do something about this. Yeah, they do. Why, we need why a statement. Are, why aren't they changing this? They need to change What's this. JPEG? They What's need his to, stance? JPEG is like, listen, all I want to do is open Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, like, Please. Have you guys heard about the other issues we're dealing with? 28,000 employees laid <laughs> off, furloughs of Yetis. Please, listen, I'm not trying to say this isn't important. I'm just saying in the pantheon of things that I'm dealing with. We'll get to it. This We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Here's the neat thing. It's made up, so it's not going anywhere. We can literally revisit it at any we time. We can address it when we want to, yeah. okay? It's... I'm not saying that we're not going to address it. I'm just saying, can I please work on opening up Disneyland? Yes, a lot of people please. losing jobs, a lot of people concerned about the economy, the fake egg stuff. We can correct that. No so, big deal. Lucasfilm creative executive uh, Phil Slostak, yeah. which is like a great Star Wars name yeah. as it is. Yep. Uh, he went to Twitter and he says, for the record, and you know it's great when he yeah. starts for the record, for the record, Chapter 10 of The Mandalorian makes it clear that the frog lady's eggs are unfertilized, like the chicken eggs many of us enjoy. But obviously chickens aren't sentient beings, and the child eating the eggs is intentionally disturbing for comedic effect. Yeah. Basically, like, does everybody understand what a joke is? Yeah. (laughs) That whole bit's going on the Patreon. Just kidding. (laughs) All 10 minutes. All 10 minutes. What's uh, what's next? What's next? uh, The Wonderful World of Mickey. What's, We're jumping uh, right down to that. Well, that's that's what we got. Oh, okay, yeah. Hey, did you watch it? The Wonderful World of Mickey came out. They have two two episodes. No, I didn't uh, think it was coming out until t- uh, tomorrow. Oh, it is out. My kids were raving about it, oh, so I watched really? it right before this podcast. And? and I just have great, glorious news. It's magic. Oh, it's so I'm so good. happy to hear that. The first episode is a uh, cheese wrangler, I believe it's okay. called. It's got music. It's got visual. How, how gags. long? How long are they? Eight minutes. Oh, okay. And they're about the same about si- the same, same length. length. Mm-hmm. Really shorts. It's really good, though. Are you sure you watched it? Yeah, I'm okay, positive that sure. I watched it. It's really good. It's did cute. They, it's fun. Did they release the entire thing? Like, can you uh, binge watch them? Or do I you think there's only two. Oh, that's great. As I recall. I like the fact that Disney Plus delays the release of their of their yeah. stuff. I really like that. I hear Mandalorian. Uh, somebody told me that Mandalorian comes out at midnight on Thursdays. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I, you didn't know that either. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. We have a Star Wars podcast. Did you know that? I, I watch Mandalorian on Friday evenings. Yeah. You watch it when the thought occurs to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watch it when I'm like, oh, I got a podcast. I got nothing Darn else it. to do when I got to talk it. to Scott. He's going to ask me if I watched it. If you, need a little good, if you need a little cheer this Life Day season, I check out uh, The wonderful, uh, wonderful World of Mickey on Disney+. Plus. Probably worth at least a one-month subscription alone. It's just cute, and it's, a, it's fun. And when you get done with that, go back through the five seasons of uh, the Mickey shorts yeah. and see uh, what what brought the genesis of the wonderful world of Mickey. Next thing is uh, Funko is releasing some special edition pops. I don't know if you're interested in, in, in pops, but they got Disneyland ones. They have I saw one with Walt. Walt holding a little Mickey in front of the castle. Really? Yeah, and they got Peter it's Pan. It's adorable. Yeah, they got Peter Pan on Peter Pan's flight. They got Mr. Toad's on a Mr. Toad's car. These are coming out like in February. Oh, really? Some of them are exclusive to Target, but I don't know. It's not you, real news, but... You're a big Funko Pop guy. I like Funko Pops. Yeah. I like the Funko Pop store down there in West Hollywood. I think it's awesome. Are you a... Would you qualify yourself as a collector? Mm, or just no. like, I, I get the ones that I like. <laughs> I get the ones that I like that yeah. have special meaning that are hard to get. I saw your Sam the Sugar Smacks guy. Yeah. And I have uh, the two Bing Bongs. I have the dead Bing Bong and then the not dead Bing Bong. That's sad. Isn't it a little bit? So. It was yeah. the first movie I watched. My what younger. is dead Bing Bong? He's trans. He's translucent. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> I know. I just hey, wonderful world of Mickey guys. It's really good. So those, that's all. That's the, exciting. All so yeah. uh, so these are sixty fifth. Uh, yes, or 65th exactly. anniversary yep. Disneyland anniversary uh, Funko Pops. Yep. I saw one of them that I really, really like. What'd you like? What'd you see? It is the Matterhorn Mickey. It's oh like, yeah, it's yeah. Like Mickey and the Lederhosen. I've seen that one, and that yes. is adorable. And they have a they have a baby Huey, Dewey, or Louie on a uh, on a Matterhorn bobsled. We'll probably have oh, to get wow. those. We'll probably have to get all the Matterhorn ones. We should. Yeah. 
Give them away or something. No, put it in oh, our... Oh, keep it. For our set. It's set decoration. When we change the locks in the studio and then get shelves and stuff in here. Yeah, when this becomes our thing. Exactly. Yeah, right absolutely. on. What do you say we take a Mando moment mm-hmm. before we welcome our friends from We Like Theme Parks? I would love to do that. Am I allowed to play this theme song since you were uh, putting an Ixnay on the Ookie K song? Ugh, I don't like the way that big Latin sounds. Are we allowed to play the Mando moment song? Yeah, I'll it's put a, a great little, song. I'll put a little Duel of Fates behind it. I love this it. This is the way. Let's do it. This You're probably listening to it right now. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. What'd you say? What'd you say? Hey, which way do we go, Mando? All right, Kia, I'll take that helmet off so I know which way to go. Is it like a left or a right? Am I supposed we go up? We got these jetpacks. Should I go up? Is that the way? <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Mando moment? Uh, you saw two and three? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, quickly, what what did you think? I hated both of them equally. Come on. How is that pot? No. No. Garbage I, re- I categorically stories. reject the they're idea that you hated both of them. throwaway stories that I hated. I didn't like them. They were okay. I didn't like them. Which one do you want to know which one I didn't like more? Which one didn't you like more? Three. <laughs> You're so upset with me. Uh, I think three, re- uh, three really lost it for me. Why? Why would you say that? It was the most action-packed one. Mm-hmm. It, uh, had, it had a character from another part of the Star Wars universe yeah. that we've never seen in real, quote-unquote, real life before. Uh, it was an exciting, it was like was an exciting the one with the, action story. Are they in a sailboat in that one at one point in time? And they drop Baby Yoda into the middle of the yeah, sailboat, like, and then the like Mandalorians fi- land on them. Yeah, they- and then they're like, "Hey, have you played World of Warcraft? This is exactly like that. We have a before you can move on to the wolves." What do you want from this show? What is it a that you story- want? From, do you just do you just want to watch episode four again? Is that what you want to do? Because yeah, no, I, I don't understand what you want really from this you show. Don't? I feel like the, none of the moments in any of the episodes feel earned or needed. It feels like disposable plots with disposable characters that make disposable dialogue choices. To, to me, that's what it, that's what it feels. If you want to get really serious, that's my problem with it. What if you were able to just binge watch the entire yeah. season? Would that change it for you? Because there is a story arc there. And so maybe you just don't like the fact that it's a story arc. And and I get it. Like, there's a common argument that is used. It was used in the current Star Wars yeah. trilogy of, like, fetch quests. Like, it all feels like an RPG. Like, you got to go yes. here to get this yep. thing. And you yep. get this thing. And you go here. And d- but I feel like that is what Raiders of the Lost Ark was, too. So I just feel like it's a disingenuous argument to make. So it's my the, a Raiders of the Lost Ark is is a long fetch quest, or you're you're talking about all of them something. But there is character development in there. The but the the Mandalorian one, the, the it's the, the fetch quests are happening so quickly. Every episode, there's a pattern to them. Uh, you can almost yes. time the episode by the the points of it, and they all sp- seem disposable. It's impossible for a new Mandalorian watcher or anybody to see how any of this stuff makes any sense. You got ships going on and they're on the ships. You mean if you enter it in uh, from the beginning, from the middle of the Yeah, from the middle, you just watch it. You're like, I don't understand why they're Yeah, but that's the case with any serialized TV show. I don't like any serialized TV show. Well, now we've hit it, haven't we? we? we Okay. So I like them both. uh, I like them equally bad. 
Um, at, <laughs> at least uh, I, I like the bobsleds one where the way they go and they fight the spiders. And I'm like, all right, there's some like uh, spider things. And then the guy, uh, the X-Wings show up and then they're like. Deus X-Wing mocking up. Yeah. And he's like, I need to tell you some stuff about why we're not mad at you anymore. And, and the best way to do that is for me to stand here in the cockpit and, and tell it to you. 100% agree. Yeah. Okay. I, I, re- I 100% agree with you. I like that episode. I did not like the way they resolved that episode. The way they resolved that episode was like, what are they doing here? Like yeah. that that felt, it didn't ruin the episode for me, but I agree with you. So you want both the ability to not have a serialized TV show yeah, and, so that and a it can be accessed series. by I think anybody. We can. And I think they need to stop talking. I think that Mandalorian needs to stop talking. That's what I think. I, I don't believe you genuinely do like it. That's the thing. I do genuinely like it. What part? The part where the actors look like they literally just took a shower? Got a lot of showers on this planet. There's a bunch of them. Again, there are things that okay. I, there are Fair things enough. about it that I am not crazy about. Okay. I feel like the How show How do you detach from those and enjoy the show? Tell me. Tell because me. I get to watch it every single week with my kids. Okay. And they and it's like an adventure ride. We get I get the whole family together, we sit down, we watch Mando, we enjoy it. There is enough Star Wars hooks and Easter eggs and things like that for me to go like, oh, this really feels like Star Wars. Yeah. And yet it is broad enough for Mrs. Storm, for example, who is not a huge Star Wars fan, yeah. to enjoy the ride as she's along with it. Yeah. And then I'm like, do you want to know about Bo-Katan? And she's like, not really. And I go, oh, okay. And then I turn to the kids. I'm like, hey, remember how she was, you know, it's, it's yeah. that type of thing. Did you ever see Starship Troopers? I love Starship Troopers. And they, the, Did you hate Starship Troopers? I love Starship Troopers. Okay. They stick to the, that line of parody and yeah. self-awareness and weirdness. They, they get close to that line, are aware that they're at the line. They stick through it through the whole movie. And so they make it work. It feels like Mandalorian doesn't know where it's at in that sometimes. And so for me, some of the lines feel very Starship Troopery, but I think they mean them seriously. I, they absolutely do. Starship Troopers is a satire. It is. Yeah. Right. Right. But done in a really well way, and it gets close to not being a satire, yeah. but definitely is. Uh, Mandalorian to me feels unintentionally cheesy sometimes, like Starship Troopers. And if you're telling me I need to disengage from that and just enjoy it with my kids who don't like it either, uh, then I, I can do that. It's just going to take some work. I would suggest, I think it's this. Yeah. If I could diagnose you right now, Ooh, please it's a do. very long Mando moment. It is. If I could diagnose you, I think yeah. that I am seeing the difference between a an adult Star Wars fan. Yeah. And a kid Star Wars fan who's carried their love of Star Wars into adulthood. Yeah. Because the original trilogy, there's so much cheesiness in the original Star Wars Interesting. Trilogy. You're right. You're totally but right. But we accept that because yeah. we grew up with it as kids. We didn't see it that way. And yep. now we have this nostalgic love for it. You're for right. It. You're totally right about that. So yeah. that's why I say tonally, it feels very Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and warts and all, it feels like Star Wars. And there are some things that I don't like because they don't feel like Star Wars, like classic Star Wars. Yeah. But again, I'm willing to accept those things because I get to watch a Star Wars TV show every single you might week be right. and that blows my mind. Yeah, you might be right. I think there's a lot of validity to that. I think you're suggesting that I, yeah, that I make an allowance for the previous cheese because it's nostalgic and yeah. I didn't recognize it. I'm, I'm actually comparing The Mandalorian to a standard that was that Star Wars never hit itself, yeah. but in my mind it did. And so that's ruining it. That could be. I'm totally, I want to like it, so I'm, I'm good. I look, for, I look forward to this agonizing bit every I, single week. I look forward to our next Couch Therapy Mandalorian session. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by our friends from the We Like Theme Parks podcast to start our two-part discussion on the history of Life Day and the Star Wars holiday special and where you might see them we in the parks. Joyously. 
Uh, Aaron. Hey. What was the name of the Star Wars sequel that followed up the 1977's cultural phenomena that established a galaxy far, far away? Wait, wait for it. Wow. Causing Star Wars to be changed to episode four, New Hope. And this is the longest question I've ever heard. Okay, stay with it. It's a, <laughs> okay, com- it's a okay. compound question. All right, all right. And featured the return of original cast, some new faces, influenced the look and feel of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Okay. And introduced Boba Fett. What was oh, the name of that movie? Ra- Ra- Raiders of the Lost Yuletide Epic. Very close. Oh, did I get it close? What uh, was very it? close. Uh, if you had said the Star Wars Holiday Special, oh, you would have been yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, the, t- the show that named itself. Hey, what is it? It's Star Wars Holiday Special. What should we call it? Uh, Star Wars Holiday Special? I like it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, this past week on November 17th, Star Wars fans celebrated Life Day, a holiday that's been part of Star Wars for over 40 years has its origins in the most infamous piece, one of the most infamous pieces of TV history ever. Oh, yeah. And we are joined uh, by our friends at the We Like Theme Parks podcast to talk about Life Day and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Welcome to the show, Chris Bond, Mark Andrada, Miriam Kenley, also known as We Like Theme Parks. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hello. We made it. Guys, it's on. You made it through the snow or the rain or whatever, whatever inclement weather you're going through. Yeah, we shoveled so much sunshine to get here. Oh, yeah, Miriam, is it like 110 degrees where you're at right now? (laughs) It's very hot. (laughs) (laughs) So I put a sweater on, you know? Oh, good. Just trying to force a vibe. Just to feel cozy. (laughs) Wonderful. Mm. So tell us a little bit about We Like Theme Parks. Uh, Like, you know, tell us what started the show, what your favorite thing about doing the show has been, uh, you know, just to set the stage for us. Okay, I guess I'll tackle this one. Um, I really think it just came down to knowing Mark. Like me and Mark had worked on some projects and we were always friendly. You know, we were like, hey, Mark, what's up? And we were cool. You know, I think we enjoyed each other. Would you agree with that, Mark? Not friends. Friendly. (laughs) No, not friends. Big difference. (laughs) Way big difference. Yeah, fair well, enough. Okay, well, how would you qualify the relationship? No, you're right. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not <laughs> going to fight you on this. Yeah, yeah, okay. friendly. So, like, we were cool, right? And then we were working on a project, and one day, I don't know how the ice got broken, but some, one of us mentioned Disney Parks, and the other one opened up. I think hmm. Mark may, may have mentioned going yeah. to Disney, and then I was like, huh, what'd you say? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> right? And I was, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, a tidal wave of, you know, Disney nerddom uh, about the theme parks came out. And Mark had just as much energy and passion. And then all of a sudden I was like, I like that guy way more. You know what I mean? And, and then well, you we, became friends. Yeah. Did you become and friends it, at that point? It brought, in your brought mind. Closer together. In your yeah. mind. In my heart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't say for sure. I, I wasn't in, into his brain yet. But uh, so years later, uh, when I was even more active in the parks, I can't speak for the rest of the group, uh, we started working on building a show. We had a, another co-host at the time, Dustin Foose, who was on the Universal Joint Podcast. It turns out he was my neighbor, lived in my neighborhood. Oh, wow. So I had this idea with like, yeah, and he was a, a bit of like an egghead, like a an egghead for the theme parks. And Mark is a comedian, is kind of a comedian for theme parks. I was like, well, it'd be funny if I get these two guys together. Yeah. Get like a super nerd with a funny guy who's really knowledgeable. And I'll just be the middleman, you know what I mean? And we'll just see what happens. And, you know, it, it, we created some really fun entertainment. And then when we met Miriam, Miriam just really put things over because she had such a different perspective, came at the whole theme park approach diff- as, as a bounder yeah. and as a West Coaster, um, just so many different views. She likes pretty things. It's not something that we're you know, <laughs> specifically okay. awesome at. Just For the record, whole- I, I also like pretty things, but... I'm a fan. I'm a fan of pretty things. 
But uh, yeah, I think that's how it all came together. And I think we just, our, the whole idea for the show was we like theme parks. We just wanted to do something fun. We wanted comedians to be on the show, improvisers, Second City people yeah. to come on the show to show their Disney side mm-hmm. so we could really yuck it up and have fun. And it's kind of evolved into some other crazy things and games and contests and, you know, showcase showdowns and just wild stuff, silly reviews. But uh, yeah, that's how it all started. I don't know. I'll yeah, stop talking, and f- Mark. And for know. me, yeah. And for me, uh, my thing was I listened to a lot of sort of theme park podcasts. And yes, they're the informational ones, but then there are the ones that are critical. And I hated listening to podcasts that were just down on the yeah. parks all the time. Yep. Like I'm not, I don't want to listen to a podcast talking about all the negative things about Disney parks or Universal parks or any what. Why am I listening to that? Like Listen, I want to hear the fun things. You know you're a fan if you hate the thing that you uh, that you love, exactly. right? Is that it? So. <laughs> I'm not interested then. If that's <laughs> if that's the way it is, count me out. Yeah. Uh, and that was what I said to Chris when when we were starting this was I don't ever want to be so negative on these parks. Like I understand there are things to sort of be frustrated about, but if ever a day comes that this turns into a negative podcast, I said I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to contribute to that. And it, I don't think it has. No, it, it certainly hasn't. And uh, and I know I, I listen to We Like Theme Parks with my kids. And uh, and I would say that in a lot of ways, your show was instrumental in uh, in being a, a catalytic uh, uh, inspiration for us to do bobsleds. And when Aaron and I first got together and we started talking about doing a podcast, it I was listening to We Like Theme Parks regularly at that time. And it was like, yeah, you know, the, these guys make me feel good when I listen to a podcast about theme parks. They love what I love. I love their take on it. I remember listening to Miriam's first show when she was a guest on the show. Um, and and I just have enjoyed it all the time. And again, it's one of those things that I can share with my kids, which, uh, which makes a great podcast. So uh, I have loved listening to you. I know Aaron's loved listening to you. And so this is a, a real treat for us to be able to do a show together. Guys. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice yeah. to be here. Well, yeah, big hugs. Big we hugs talk about, we talk about how hug. awesome Miriam is for a little while. Miriam, we, let's, we can, we can definitely t- spend some time on that. Miriam, what do you think about all this? You were surrounded by just a bunch of uh, yokels right now, uh, just <laughs> talking about silly things that don't make a difference in the world. What do you think? Well, I love all those silly things that don't make a difference in the world, so I'm very happy you know, uh, I started listening to We Like Theme Parks like middle of summer last year. Yeah. And then when they asked me to be on a guest, I could not have been more thrilled. And then it's been the most fun ever. And then I get to be on your show, too. And we talk about different things. And I just love it. It's been so fun. Awesome. So I'm glad the shows are coming together here. I love this. This is so great. This is the beginning. I really firmly believe this is the beginning of great things wow. between both of our shows. Like bobsleds holiday special. We like bobsleds. Nice. <laughs> we like bobsleds. We do. We like bobsleds. We hey, love bobsleds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we all ready to take the plunge into the dark world of the Star Wars holiday special? Are we ready to do this? I'm ready. As ready we, as we'll ever be. Yeah. <laughs> can we be ready? Yeah, can Is it you be ready to enough? be ready for this? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, November 17th, just this past week, was Life Day. Life Day has its origins in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. And we're going to talk about both of those things, but I'm going to set the stage by talking about what is Life Day. Aaron, what is Life Day? If you could define it, what would you say it is? Star Wars Christmas and Thanksgiving. And we're done. It's been Yay. a great night, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Good night. It's a Wookiee celebration of life and family. I think they're actually supposed to, re- it's a remembrance of those that have, pa- Wookiees that have passed away and 
things that have happened, but it's a it's a Kashyyyk uh, celebration. Yeah. Can we just agree it's Christmas? It's Christmas-ish. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize Christmas, it was exclusively Christmas adjacent. Yeah, that's what we were Christmas adjacent. Christmas. What were you saying, Chris? I just thought I didn't realize it was exclusively for Wookiees. I thought maybe all the creatures of the universe kind of got involved. I didn't realize it was just a tree jam. Oh my goodness. It's like you set me up for this. You just like serve this on a Wookiee sized platter for me. Interesting. You mentioned that (laughs) uncle Bondo. Uh, It was a Wookiee holiday was a Wookiee holiday, but after the fall of the empire life day became celebrated throughout the galaxy by all free beings with the incorporation of feasts and string lights and songs and celebrations of freedom. It's, it's Christmas. It's basically, basically great. 1977. Star Wars is a huge hit, stays in theaters for a long time. And during that time, the cast and characters make frequent appearances on different yeah. shows, including variety shows. So like they're on late night, they're you know, on the late night talk show circuit. They're also doing the variety shows. Are they going as actors or as their characters? Both. Re- are you serious? Yes. Yeah. So like C-3PO, Darth Vader show up, but then on some shows and then on other shows like Mark Hamill shows up, but it's not really Mark Hamill. It's... It's Luke Skywalker, and this is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it's specifically, and I think for our listeners who may not know what a variety show is, I think all of us here know what a variety show is. But yeah. I think there's a there's definitely a generation of listeners. Miriam's saying like, I don't know. Do you, Miriam? You know, we, is that know? true? What do you think it is? Tell us what a variety show is. Is it a talk show? Like, is it a no! Johnny Carson thing? That that would be an internet. I would call that an interview oh. show. What or do you a talk guys show? Think? Well, then what is it? I don't know what it is. Oh, Miriam, I'm so glad you asked that. Somebody does does anyone in the class want to take a shot at what a variety show is? Not anymore. Now it feels I'm intimidated now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, because you get yelled at if you get it wrong. Welcome yeah. to Bob Sleds. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big no. That was a big no from Scott. It's the only show where the bat hits back. <laughs> uh, a variety show. I'll, I'll throw out a couple of examples. Carol Burnett mm. show. The, the Muppets. Lo- Thank you, Aaron. The yeah. Muppets. That would be the best example of a variety show where it is a a series of sketches and musical performances that are strung together for a period of time. If you've seen the Muppets, you've seen probably the best variety show. Yeah, it's not like, it's not unlike SNL. SNL is just a variety show that features only comedic sketches, but a variety show would feature popular people from that day that are worked into the different segments that can be musical, little sketch bits or whatever. So they're going around doing doing their thing. They go on the Muppets. They go on Donnie and Marie. Yeah. Donnie and Marie. We all love Donnie and Marie, right? Six out of ten. <laughs> that was the original name for that show. You guys think we should call it six out of ten or Donnie and Marie? <laughs> so so they're appearing left and right on all these different shows. Every single time they show up, the ticket sales go up, the box office goes through the roof. Because again, Star Wars is sticking around yeah. for a long time. So so Lucas sees this as an opportunity to continue like the Star Wars train going and the licensees of Star Wars products are pressing Lucas for more Star Wars to sell more products. Yeah. So CBS comes along and they suggest to Lucas to do a full length variety show. Again, we've set the stage of what a variety show is, right? Yep. So my question to the group is when somebody says, hey, listen, Star Wars, that seems like a perfect product to do a variety show. What are your thoughts on that? No, it doesn't. Who let you in? I think it's possible. I think that they huh. could have done it. I think they just really <laughs> messed the whole thing up. <laughs> there were all kinds of, you can make up all kinds of opportunities for these people to, these characters to show up in a variety format. 
But man, did they really just miss that? Like, not only did they miss the target, I wonder if there, like, it makes you wonder if there was a target at all, which is, I think, why this conversation is happening. <laughs> That's right. That's like, right. Yeah. It, everything about that was so, was so dour and down. I mean, we've got guns getting pointed <laughs> at people. It's insane. There what is, am I looking at? I think by variety show standards, this is definitely <laughs> not what we would expect. For some reason, Lucas agrees that this is a good idea, and he believes that he can get to keep the public's interest in Star Wars while he's chipping away at Empire Strikes Back, because that's, that's sort of what's happening. Right I want to go back to Mark's comment that it's possible to do this show. <laughs> What, Are you going to yeah, challenge that comment? I don't want to challenge it. I just think like it's it's so hard to pull that off when, when you have to introduce artistic culture into universes that were never created to support art. Like you have the Cantina Band, but then you do this in whatever it is Phantom Menace, where they, where they have the water dancing thing. You know where they go to the opera episode, and, which is like a train wreck part three. of that that movie where they watch the water bubbles dancing. So I just I think mm-hmm. I think you can do it. I think it'd be really interesting if you had Cantina and Jabba Palace level like bands and things happening. I just think it's really hard. And I don't know if you can do the pop culture thing. You can't bring in you can't bring in pop cultural references into your Star Wars variety show, or else the outside world has broken into your theme. So I think it's difficult. That's all I wanted to say. I appreciate the perspective. If I can go back to it again, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I would like I to offer is that I think you have to put yourself in the mindset of the Star Wars fan at that point. There wasn't all this canon. There wasn't That's all true. this history. Yep. So I think That's it a good was point. like you could never do that now because of what's set in stone in lore and fandom with star Wars and George Lucas also just wouldn't let you do it. Right. But at that point he's just finished the first movie. They're making the second one. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like go nuts. They're never going to say go nuts now. So if there was a moment in time to do it and do it well, that was it. I just think like Mark said, I just think they dropped the ball Yeah. because apparently there were some time constraints. That was a big issue. They did more than drop the ball. They took that ball and they power drilled it to the center of the earth. Yeah, I will accept those responses. Those were good. That was good. That's a good. That's a good uh, way of looking at it. At some point, CBS and Lucas they say we're doing this. And to to your point, uh, Chris, like let's let's go hog wild. We don't know what Star Wars is. This can help define Star Wars. And so they do this. And CBS writers meet with Lucas for one day and they hash out the basic storyline, which is that. Chewbacca is trying to get back to his home planet to be with his family for this thing called Life Day. Yeah. And then that was it. They were off. And CBS basically wrote this thing by themselves. Lucas said, I don't have time for this. I'm working on, I don't know, a little thing called Star Wars 2. Maybe you've heard of it before. And uh, and CBS basically just went hog wild uh, on the production of this. Lucas had a very, very small part in the production of the holiday special and it was specifically with the uh, the animated uh, portion of the holiday special, arguably the best part. Of the the best part of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think you can argue. It is the best part of the holiday special. Uh, and I don't know. Really? Jefferson wow. Starship was pretty great. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. It, was, it wasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and CBS actually enlists the help of veteran show writer Bruce Valanche or Valanche. Do you know how, to, how I pronounce that? I think it's Valanche. I think it's Valanche. I think it's Valanche. Valanche. I'm with you on that. What did he do? What, yeah. did, what did he, he do? What did he do? Like, what has he done historically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's written the Oscars every year. I think he's written the Tony Awards before. He okay. is a, he is a, uh, a, a veteran variety show okay, writer. Right on. 
Uh, probably most famous yeah. for being on Hollywood Squares. <laughs> okay. I was right on. Say, center Square? Center, center Square. Square. Hollywood center Square. Square for many years. That's right. Yeah. So Bruce oh, Valanche. That's where I get that name from. It yeah. is Valanche. Yeah. It is yeah. Valanche, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a very distinctive look about him if you look him up on the internet. You go like, oh, I know that guy. I've seen yeah. him on Hollywood yeah. Square. Center yeah. Square. Yeah. He looks like he has French fries for hair, right? <laughs> that's correct, Mark. That is yeah. French, fair, French fry guy. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I often get him confused with the actual fry guys yeah, from McDonald's. He moonlights with- <laughs> I think that was one of his, yeah, one of his early jobs was actually one of the fry guys. Yeah. So, uh, so Valanche starts writing this thing. He recognizes that the entire premise of Wookiees together for their holiday will eventually erupt into a very long episode of Lassie where only Lassie is talking because, of course, Wookiees <laughs> don't speak in English. Yeah. And so he tries to write around this by creating a bunch of different variety uh, ideas and yeah. uh, and and musical experiences, and then the final script is ready September 1978 for a November 17th release date. Hey, the first eight pages of this is just people growling. <laughs> yep, shoot it. <laughs> you guys want to do a quick read through? Nope, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna play? <laughs> <laughs> The production of this is a nightmare. People are getting fed oxygen because they can't breathe inside their suits. The original director actually leaves the project because he's a film director and he doesn't know how to direct TV, let alone TV like this. So they get a new veteran TV director. Uh, His name is Steve Binder. And he takes one look at the script and the quote is, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to be in trouble. (laughs) 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 Incredible. Yeah. Can can we again get into the the headspace? This is Star Wars television during a holiday weekend, and it comes in second to the Love Boat. Friends, Love Boat's pretty good. I mean, I like I dig Love Boat. Listen, you you tune in for that theme song, and then you just you stick stay, around, right? You're like, I'm not gonna watch the whole thing this week. I'm just gonna I'm just here for the song. You can't get it anywhere else. This is a time before CDs, right? Before remote controls. Yeah. You got to get up to change the channel. That's true. That's true. Oh, that sounds difficult. Everything you're saying sounds difficult. Yeah. So you put it on, you listen to the song, you go, you know what? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's universally panned by critics. Uh, it ends up, it is never aired again. And then it ends up on a bootleg market like in the 90s. Mm. And the legend about it grows during that time, and it's sort of become the punchline for, I would say, Star Wars and TV in general. Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a good punchline. Uh, so let's uh, let's bounce around. I'll, I'll I'll do a loose framework of how what we see beat by beat on the show. Ooh. You guys jump in whenever you want. How's that sound? Yes, sounds great. Sounds fine. Let's CBS special. Okay. Let's talk about the Hulk and the wonderful and, the, and Wonder Woman being preempted over this thing. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, and the Hulk and yeah. the Hulk. Yeah, and the Hulk. Yeah. And the Hulk. I sat my kids down to watch this with me. If it was like the people's court won't be seen tonight, you're like, all right, that stinks, but I can deal with it. But then when you see like Wonder Woman and the Hulk, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) This thing better be mind blowing. Pick a different time slot, (laughs) CBS. Are you crazy? Well, we're putting it up against Love Boat. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. Yeah. You let the Hulk deal with the Love Boat, man. You put that Star Wars in a different slot, you crazies. (laughs) They put it. They put it against Love Boat and Lost. Yeah. Uh, but they preempted uh, Wonder Woman and uh, and the Hulk. And the first thing we see is, of course, uh, Han and Chewie just flying in the Millennium Falcon. And Han saying, "Don't worry, pal. I'm going to get you back to your home for Life Day." And this sort of starts out. I would say, arguably, it's it, it's gripping. You're like, 
that's Harrison Ford. That's Han Solo. He's yeah. Han Soloing up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel I like agree. you're invested right away. You're like, These right are the away. People in love. I'm in. Oh, we're back in the cockpit of the money. Yes. Is it the money? The seats are different, right? It, the lighting's different. Okay. But the seats are the same. Oh yeah, it's 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 the Millennium Falcon. Okay, it might be maybe it's the equivalent of like when Pee Wee Herman went to television and he traded his bike in for a scooter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you so go. It's like I like that. You know what I mean? It's the Millennium Scooter. <laughs> it's yeah. that, but it's not really that, right? Yeah. The Millennium yeah. Pigeon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Millennium yeah. Pigeon. Yes. Starts yeah. off with that, and then there's some you know there's some dialogue about how we gotta get him home. Gotta get him home. Yeah. And then big you know big title screen the Star Wars holiday special and you're like I'm in. No that's when you know there's trouble when you see that logo. Oh because it's just in black and white. And, and it's a little weird it's off and then when they when it goes to the outline version of it it corrects itself kind of that's that part's weird. That is that that's your first your first hint that there maybe yeah. something's Ooh, amiss here. This is close to the mo- this is close to the logo. <laughs> if the you lo- thought that was an artistic choice that that was a mistake. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it was a mistake. I think, and then the, a long time ago is it? also not in canon font. It's in just, no, it's, it's, it, not. it's in something else. So it's in CBS. I think it's those are CBS choices though. Because it felt like a very 1970 something special effect that we saw. I yeah. definitely felt that way to me. Like this is, we, we are watching a show in the seventies. No doubt about that. Yeah. Aaron, you, you picked up on something I didn't pick up on. Cause I wasn't at this point I was still in, like I was, I was watching going, yeah, this is going to be fine. This yeah. is going to be great. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, it's not till maybe about 10 minutes later that I realized I was going <laughs> to. Oh, wait, is this going to end? Yeah. Uh, Chris, what were you going to say? <laughs> or is this going to start? I just want, I, want, I want to circle back to the cockpit scene because yeah. I think there's two really important things there. Oh. First, you're getting your very soft television perspective. This is not the, the, the Star Wars like aesthetically that you know to see because it's TV. It's yeah. TV quality. Yeah. It's four right three, away, that's It's like, not in widescreen. Yeah, and it's a little soft, soft focus. You know, yep. like it's a little soft focus. It's a little just different. So if it's a, so you got there's, there's that adjustment you have to make, and then you get slapped in the face with all this exposition yeah. to set up the whole thing because yeah. it's Wookiee Town in a second. So <laughs> in the moment though, you're not like look at all this exposition. I'm accepting because Harrison Ford is saying it. Yeah, yeah. But you realize how how critical it is a moment later when it's grunting and grunting. We'll get there, but I, I just I had to mention this exposition that sets up the entire special. It is the entire two hours distilled down into about two <laughs> sentences. Yeah. Bondo, you mentioned Wookiee Town, so won't you take Wookie me Town. to Wookiee Town? <laughs> 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 Wookiee Town! Yeah, I'll get you there. Won't you take Let's me to Wookiee <laughs> Town? Let's get there. And beautiful Kashyyyk, which I think I only knew because I played, was it Battlefront? A lot mm-hmm. of Battlefront front as a, as a young man yep uh and my blaster on in the trees uh so yeah well you get to Kashyyyk and what do you know you get to meet this beautiful family and beautiful it family. is the family of chewy who live up in this beautiful might i say spacious like Very i live spacious. in manners complete yeah. you know what i mean like they got some space they look it's beautiful i we should trade spots and you've got, uh, what is it? Mala? That's Nala? Right. Mala. Mala. That's right. Mala is the wife. She's very statuesque, very tall, very, very lovely. Sexy. A, a lovingly gaze often uh, often highlighted throughout the show. Yeah, a, a, a smile. She does have this beautiful kind of like smile to her. This, oh, that's lovely kind yes. of smile. The little, um, little Lumpy, who's the son of Chewie and Mala. Yep. And he's a little bit of a pistol whip and a firecracker. And oh, he's isn't he? Fun, and you're yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a scallywag, even. And you're gonna also meet uh, Grandpa Itchy. <laughs> Grandpa Itchy, who I mean, we'll get there, but he's an interesting cat um, or dog or what have you. 
Um, but yeah, you basically are getting a, a sense of the dynamic of the home and you're establishing who is who with various grunts and some acting grunts. And it's, and it's tough, right? Cause there's, you know, limited facial movement for these guys. And it feels a little bit like a national <laughs> you know, geographic documentary without any voiceover. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. I will say this. I will say, I don't feel like they did a terrible job. I just felt like it was way too really? long. It was way yeah, too what? I felt like. Defend that statement. Long. Long. Okay. Like say you cut that and let's, let's spitball here. We, we all felt that that scene was what? 10 minutes, eight yeah. minutes. How long eight was it? Or how long did it feel? feel. Yeah. Very a, different question. Very yeah. different exactly. questions. Say you cut that number in half. Say they, they were able to get in, get out still because they needed that whole goofy scene where lumpy uh, walks outside on the railing on the thing needs to establish, to establish. The, the way up high for later at the very end when the guard gets tossed over. That's the reason why, right? Because there's this like well, thing where Lumpy goes outside and then he takes a, a, a hair raising walk along a rail over a very tall chasm. And you're like, are those two by fours just nailed together with a little artistry? Whatsoever? <laughs> no dovetailing on that. What's going on? Yeah. But, you know, if I think all the stuff inside the house, I think you could have, like, you just got to establish who everybody is. They miss Chewie. Boom. Yeah. But they were really, like, trying to dig deep into. And I wonder if this was a scene shot by the original director. Oh, interesting. And then maybe this was left. Who knows? Because they really tried to dig deep and get some of the emotion out of these, these you know, Wookiees trying to figure out. Uh, just create some weight and some stakes yeah. to how much they miss their dad. And. You know, uh, it's not the same in the house and you get, you get plenty of these kind of long faces from lumpy and even Mala's, Oh, like her size is moving around. We definitely get a very thorough pathos, uh, of everything that's happening it's, in the, it's in funny. It. Cause the, uh, the, the star Wars X-wing, uh, X-wing whittling kits were yes. two, two for one at two the trader one. show. Yeah, because <laughs> so everybody's lumpy. whittling in there. And that's like an allegory for that whole scene is like, yeah, if this scene feels like whittling wood, and they're literally whittling because it takes a lot of time to get to anywhere. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like that analogy. Yeah. I'm so pretty. Mala, Lumpy, and Itchy, or uh, as as of course all of you, and especially Miriam, Miriam, as you know, you know them better as Malotobuck mm-hmm. and uh, Lumpawaru, mm-hmm. and also Itchavelian. Adichichuk. <laughs> oh, Adichichuk. Yes. That was my second uh, guess. Which, I know, so I, I didn't mean. I to think con- I went to that summer camp. <laughs> yeah, at a That's what I had after I got out, done with my summer camp. Was at a <laughs> you, uh, you know, I I wanted to make sure that that Miriam was brought into the conversation. We're using their their oh, shortened yes. names. Yeah. I know you. I know you know them by their longer <laughs> Christian names. <laughs> um, this is when I yeah. sent a text to our group chat like this movie is really bad you guys and they said how far into it are you <laughs> are we really doing this show we're yeah. really doing yeah, two of these I shows said, 11 yeah. minutes and they were both like oh no i got news for you <laughs> like, uh-oh. Oh, uh so so anyway so the uh the the Chew crew, I'm gonna call them. Okay. The Chew fair. crew, they're waiting for Chewie to come home. Uh Mala is uh, making dinner and she's wondering what's taking Chewie so long. So she opens up some sort of like bootleg uh transponder to call Luke Skywalker. Of course. Find she's out got him on speed on. dial. Got him on speed dial. On the Wookiee planet, they only have people technology. That's right. That's, That's cool. Right. Uh, fueled by Atari 2600 technology. Yeah, I would really. crush as an inventor on that. I'd be like, you guys, keyboards with huge keys. Do you love it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a billionaire on Kashyyyk, guaranteed. 
<laughs> so he calls or she. Sorry. Yeah, come mean, on. I'm sorry. On, Storm. I'm, I'm trying to keep the genders. Get to, get to this phone call because we need to talk about this next scene. Yeah. So Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, we get a glimpse of Luke Skywalker. He's with R2. He's with R2. He's had a little work done. R2 and Luke Skywalker. Is he wearing eye makeup? Yeah, he's wearing so <laughs> much <laughs> makeup. So much, so makeup. much makeup. I I also sent that in the chat. <laughs> I was like, Mark Hamill has so much <laughs> eyeliner on, which I, I love him with an eyeliner. That's not what my problem is, but it's not. You know, he didn't have that before and doesn't have it after. I just want some continuity with his makeup. You know, he he has like a Dorothy Hamill Bob haircut. Yeah. And then he's wearing it's so like much parent trap. It's like a parent yeah, trap. Haircut. Yeah, he's a little parent trap. He got a haircut right before and they're like, "Wait, Dor- Mark Hamill or Dorothy Hamill?" And they're like, "Well, or Dorothy Hamill?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked for the Mark, not the Dorothy. <laughs> Is this Mark or Dorothy? I don't know. We just said Hamill. We'll just bob it up. <laughs> Give me the Hamill. It's too general. Just bob it up. You know, what? I'm going to say this and it's not going to be popular. I thought he looked good. Yeah. I thought he looked good. I liked his hair. I liked I his he hair too. Like, I, I thought he was disclosure, new, I new for the 80s, man. I thought he was like making a statement. I want us to look young. I'm I'm young. I'm young Skywalker. And he went for it. And you know, he's it's TV, man. You got to put that makeup. That was a close-up shot right that up his face. That was so much makeup, Bondo. Like no, but the eyeliner, the eyeliner is a little heavy. I'll give, give you that much. But you know. That's like, thought, that's like news like, anchor heavy uh, makeup. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah, but I was like, "Hey, you look it looks was bright like a and warm." Go girl, sixties you know? eyeliner. You know, like they had the dark under eyeliner <laughs> and then white. Oh yeah, to make them pop. Yeah, to make exactly. Those eyes but pop. you could see it all. Yeah, that sure. was the problem. <laughs> if it was yeah, every bit of it, and you couldn't see it, it'd be great. But <laughs> yeah, what is he fixing there? What what's what's him and R two D two working on that blows up? It's not an X wing. It's I, a prop from a Transformers movie that hasn't been made yet. It's like. <laughs> It's like futuristic. It's very ahead of its time. It is. Yeah, it's really cutting edge. It's the engine room of the love boat. That's yeah. what they're it's working It's very at. steamy. For some reason, there's a lot of steam coming out of that, a lot of smoke coming out of that thing. Uh, let's see. And then after this, uh, they call on a uh, like a, an Atari 2600 type of computer, and, and Art Carney makes his first appearance. Yeah. Art Carney, um, who some may, very few at this point probably, will remember him from the Honeymooners. Yeah. That uh, he was he was Jackie Gleason's foil, Jackie Gleason and Art Carney on the Honeymooners. He played Norton. Yeah, you know he uh, he plays a uh, a traitor, and he's sort of the and, and that's traitor T R A D E. Yeah, that was not, a D, not mm-hmm. traitor like Sam. Right, like, like Sam. That's right. I like traitor Sam's. That's right. Bring the back. Th- that's what I did there. I see what you did there. That's four to one. I think he's both though, because he's a friend to the Republic, right? He's a friend to the story to the rebels. Yeah, so that's right. He's kind of. A double traitor. Mm. That's true. That's true. A traitor and traitor. That's a mm. homonym, everyone. There Thank it you. is. There. I, I don't, I, I still don't understand what the point of any of this was. Mm-hmm. Like, was this supposed to be a like a comedy sketch here? Was that, was this meant to be comedy? The weird like hygiene product I, he was making. Right. Yeah. This is essentially a 10 minute scene where he sells a toothbrush. Yeah. Somebody read that on paper. was like, that's a go. <laughs> Which scenes can we cut? <laughs> this is going to kill. <laughs> yeah. I think they looked at this thing like this. They were like, they have all the scenes that they knew were the George Lucas scenes. They got to be what they got to be because it's George. Then there's the scenes that were written for the stars that are like, let's get them in, get them out, get the exposition out there, and let's just move on. They're in the movie. Great. 
Then there is this nonsense where they have their day players on variety shows who can come in and the writers from CBS who are from these variety shows can flex their muscles and give these guys that I'm sure they love. They're like, Oh, you got Art Carney. Oh my God, this is going to be great. That's right. Give them a little bit of room to play some make them ups and away you go. But they, I mean, they clearly fell flat. Where, yeah. But where were the jokes? Yeah. Like, where, where were the make them ups? Good. <laughs> but what part, like that's, that's what I don't understand is I'm watching this and I think, but what part is supposed to be funny? Like, I get it if you're making a joke, it doesn't land. But there's not, I don't even get the joke. Where are the jokes even? The whole show just feels so serious in its tone. But then somehow is it feels like it was supposed to be comedy or, yeah. or something at some point. Like, structurally, it's supposed to be comedy. But none of it's played or written that way. Are we talking about The Mandalorian or the Star Wars? There's something to be said about the scenes with the star actors not working with the comedic ones. Yeah. So these scenes like placed side by side felt definitely weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Even though they they fell flat out to the energy was just different. Right. But I didn't, I got to say, I didn't mind Sondan as a character, this traitor. I didn't mind him as you needed somebody to speak English in these scenes. (laughs) (laughs) What a low bar. A low bar if that's if that's where we don't mind the character. You know what? This character was great. He speaks English. Like that's it. That's where we're at. Oh gosh. All right. Odd. I mean, it's 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 necessary. His character is necessary to the story in order to propel the story along. But I agree sure. with you, Mark. Like there is comedy in some of his stuff, but it's and it's meant to play for laughs, but it's not funny. And then there's the serious part where he's supposed to be this like rebel sympathizer there basically and helping is the, a joke when he's selling the hygiene product. He says, I use it all the time. And the guard looks at him and, and then he's like, well, some of the time that's did, a real joke. Did you laugh? No, yeah. but it is a real joke. Right. joke. It's a real joke. You're right. right. There is a joke there. <laughs> I found one. I think <laughs> you dug deep In and English. found one joke. <laughs> what? Well, would you that's guys, really, would you guys you say a lot that his interactions with the, with the empire, which kind of moved the plot along, was fine. Like, I thought those, those interactions were fine. Giving the gifts to the kids, yes. to the Wookiees, fine. It was when they dwelled on moments and they really like, all right, here comes the joke. I think like, that- Let's talk about my leather-bound wallet. I can get you these ID things and blah, blah. Like, where they, it was a stretch. Where they, the insert joke here, this is where things got just tanked. Every, but I, I, when they moved- from bump to bump, I was in. I was like, okay, I, I, get, I get it. Agreed. Yeah. Every scene, I would say every scene is a scene that could have worked. The problem is there's so much padding in every yeah. one of those scenes. Like, again, five minutes of introduction of, of Chewie's family, but it really, but it drags for 10. Same type of thing. It just felt like we've got to fill two hours. How much, how much variety, how much creativity do, do we have in these two hours? Oh, we got about 30 minutes. Okay, we need two hours though. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. this whole thing felt like to me. I think you're onto something too, Scott, with that didn't even occur to me, the no audience thing. But if these actors, these comedians are trying to play for laughs that aren't there, then their energy level is going to be all Way over low. the place. Yeah, that's yes. true. Yes. So they're going to be playing jokes that they're not really believing in, or they're just going to be saying make ups without any kind of life in them because there's no, they're not getting anything back from an audience that they're used to. Right. It didn't even occur to me that 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 was probably the biggest problem with every comedic performance in this. Um, The chessboard acrobats, that's kind of like where I tapped out in scenes that 
had any kind of physical anything going on. <laughs> uh, that's very. I know. Yeah. Chess, chessboard yeah. acrobats. I think you're 15, eleven minutes, minutes in. in. At that point. <laughs> eleven minutes in. Um, I wrote that that first it, it, again. It's like a time traveling movie because I felt like all those were all those dancing segments were all interpretive dances of COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like a like this is what the virus looks like, like moving around. I was like, man, this thing this is, is a like super space spreader traveling. event. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So quick cut to hey, we get to see Carrie Fisher, our first uh, appearance of of uh, of Princess Leia. Uh, they mm-hmm. Mala uh, does another like uh, pirated uh, TV uh, thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leia basically looks like she's doing her taxes <laughs> when uh, when Mala tunes in, and Leia's like, "Hey, did you talk to Luke? He said that Han and Chewie are coming. Yeah, they're still coming. Just hang tight. I'm Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yes, hey, everybody." And then she leaves. Uh, that was that would have made that scene ten times better. <laughs> if she had, if, if, I'm Carrie Fisher. I'm, I'm Carrie Fisher. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you when I sing. I'll be back to I'll be, I'll be sing back. my contract. Look for me in two hours. Yeah. Was this yeah. bef- did she uh, come it, up yeah. before or after that insane kitchen like scene? I think before. Oh, okay, so the what was the? Did we skip the insane kitchen thing? We may have a, a skip oh, the insane okay. kitchen thing. The Julia Child like well, with four arms yeah, thing. Four arm Julia Child. I, I didn't hate it. I got to be honest. I didn't hate when they started busting out of their arms. I was like, finally, you've made it a space thing. And I thought that was fun. Uh, but many, many so, uh, ban- Bantha rump. They're preparing Bantha rump, which, uh, you know, big, big plus for our show. <laughs> yeah. It just, again, it's, it's the same note. It's, it's the, the long journey to get somewhere yeah. in every scene. And I think if, you know, if you got me a, give me a bump of this guy would have been hey fun he's got extra arms to stir things and he's eating the stuff while he goes great it's bantha that's all you need and a long journey to get there also the title of this episode <laughs> touchdown <laughs> true so yeah i don't know it, it felt like it wasn't a lot of impact and, it, and but and again i felt like this was kind of the theme for a lot of the comedic scenes was long-winded dragged out yeah. little payoff i felt like it took a a page from the snl playbook of fun ideas that go on way too long or fun sketches that go on way too long. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely had that feel of like, here's 30 seconds of fun, stretch it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure these, these comedy writers got into the space, like shot with, uh, with the actor. I forgot his name already. And Harvey Corman. Thank you. Harvey. You're Corman. very welcome. Thank you. And they were like, this is great. Well, keep going. Like, keep it. Yes. You know, like, they found things and discovered, yes. and then they were because they're variety show guys. Yeah. They were like probably like this is the good stuff. Like yeah. this it's, is a Carol Burnett sketch, as far as I'm concerned. Like it's, it's comedy gold. George, you're gonna love the scene we have. This kitchen scene. Like just sit down and relax. Put your feet up. You're gonna dig this. And they were probably the most confident about those scenes. And then you know what I mean. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like he. At one point, he just screams, "We're having fun." <laughs> do you think he, that? Do you think that was a command to the audience? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think that was him absolutely willing himself to do a good job in this scene, knowing that he 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 had to have even just a bit of fun doing it, and so he just screamed it, hoping <laughs> that, that somebody somewhere wishing it into it. into existence. 
<laughs> uh, let's get to Jefferson Starship. Yeah. Uh, which is Mark's favorite part of this entire show. Uh, Jefferson Starship comes on. They perform a song called Light the Sky on Fire. Mark, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this performance. To me, this was the highlight of the show. Uh, and it, it's sort of in that variety feel where it sort of comes in as a standalone piece. I don't, you know, we were talking earlier about bringing pop culture into this and having it sort of clash. But I think this was an opportunity where Jefferson Starship could ac- absolutely be in this little box. 100%. This performance, you know, and this this made sense to me. And I thought it was a good, I thought the song was decent. Much better song. than the other song. It's a good song. Yeah. Again, you're CBS, you got a variety show, you got to have music. And they're like, well, we got to put Jefferson Starship somewhere. And it was just some random, like, what's this box? Open the box. And then all this nonsense of t- turning on the box. And then they turn on the box. And then, oh, it's a it's music in a box. Well, what else are they going to do? They're going to have Jefferson Starship show up real, to- Put a real TV show Jefferson in Starship be the band in the B. Arthur scene? Like, the stand on fire. Like, okay. Would it be yeah. cool? Like, Come on, this doesn't take, any monkey could get in there and write this But then that would take away from B. Arthur's 20 minute long song with three, with three refrains. It's funny that this is like a thing in the show though, is that somebody, you can have a magic piece of technology where it's like, well, what is our, what's our variety show? It's like, oh, it's great. This Wookiee family sits down, they turn on the TV and then they watch the love boat and it's an hour of love boat because love boat kills. (laughs) Love boat kills. Yeah. So it's the Wookiees watching the love boat. <laughs> but isn't there a neat convention here where we're we're basically telling this story in the Wookiee apartment? Very nice, very spacious. Yep. Yeah. Um, and every time we want to boot somewhere, they take a piece of technology, turn it on, whether it's the radio thing or the kids' little TV to watch the anime. It's just the same convention over and over. This is how we're gonna boot over here. Yeah. And it just got really tiresome really fast. Um I would have, why can't Jefferson Starship play at the Tree of Life in a big crescendo? Totally, yeah. That's, that's exactly. a great idea. Great idea. You've got Jefferson Starship, man. I just thought it was, a, it, was, it was a bit of a throwaway. I would argue that, that it would be fine if all of these set pieces were good. Mm. Because, I mean, the Muppets was the same thing. We we're talking yeah. about the Muppets earlier. The Muppets is the same bit over and over again. They go to the stage and there's a performance and then there's backstage and there's a little sketch and then they go to the stage and there's a performance. So if that was the game that the Wookiees were going to play, that they keep opening up these different pieces of technology and there is Jefferson Starship or Harvey Korn or whoever doing whatever, if those bits were good, I think we wouldn't mind. The problem was all those bits (laughs) were not good. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about something that is fun. Let's talk about the animated segment. So yeah. 11 minutes of animation, Star Wars animation. First time we see this, a really unique uh, a- animated style. What you and, and also the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. Like this is, this is historic stuff. Miriam, I know you've been waiting forever to talk about this. And so I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the floor to talk about how historic of an experience it is for Star Wars animation and Boba Fett. Um, I didn't know that this was Boba Fett's first appearance because I saw um, his first appearance when I was 18. <laughs> so I yeah, have no okay. idea. That's and right. I didn't even know he was in this cartoon because I checked out while it was happening. Did you not? Did you not see this? Oh, that's right. Did you not see the I saw segment? it, but I did not pay attention to it. <laughs> that's a valid response, I feel, at this point. This happens about 50, 55 minutes into the Star Wars Holiday Special. The best part of Holiday Special <laughs> is 55 minutes into Holiday Special. 
It's awesome. The t- the logo for it is awesome. You never seen artwork like that before. It's it's very like it looks Great. very like uh like Japanese or Asian inspired title sequence. It's got like a comic book feel. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I it is the best part, and I like it. I don't know. I got excited to talk about it. I can yeah, tell. It's fun. Agreed. I can tell how excited you were just now. <laughs> Nobody else is following it up with anything. I enjoy. No, it. I agree with you. I, I think I I agree. I think it is the best part. The problem is it's an hour in, and by yeah. then I'm mm-hmm. so exhausted. Like I'm ready to tap out at this point. I mean, I don't care how good it is. I'm. I, to be totally honest, I think every time I've seen this, I get to this point, I finish it, and then I'm like, okay, I'll pick up the rest <laughs> later. Yeah. Um. I I would I'd say like how long was this short? Would you say how long was this? Uh, nine minutes. Nine minutes. Like I wanted more. I thought like they went into town. The turnaround was so fast. Like yeah. I was definitely, if you're a star Wars fan, this is star Wars. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Star Wars story. And you're like, and you've created in this new character. We've been meeting all these characters who are ridiculous. And now you're meeting Boba Fett, who is, you know, the bounty hunter, a cool character. Yeah. It, uh, it, it but it also, at the same time, it, it was, it's good, but it felt so different from the rest of the show. Yes. That it was, it was just so weird. It made it kind of weird, but I still like everyone a Star Wars fan enjoys it. But if you were not a Star Wars fan and maybe you were watching it because you watch Carol Burnett, you know what I mean? You watch that. You watch the Hulk every whatever the it same not, night. It not happens. this time. Not this time. Yeah, sorry. not this time. You're flipping and over you're and watching it. You might have been like, oh, OK. And then this cartoon comes and it might have been like, oh, that was weird. But for for Star Wars fans, I think it was great. And uh, I wish it, I love them to pick it up and. I want more. I yeah. want more. I, I love too. this animation Born. style. I think it looks great. Again, it's of the time, but it's just, it's very striking. And, yeah. uh, and it just, it, everything about it worked. It just wasn't long enough. And yeah. Hey, let me ask a question here. Uh, star Wars nerds. I noticed, and I, I, maybe I never noticed it before, but Boba Fett in the cartoon had like a long hair, like, like a, a like a, like a rat tail. And I'd never noticed that before. Or Wookiee scalps or something, right? That, yeah, so that wasn't just exclusively for the cartoon or something like that? No, it's part of his, uh, part of the design. It, you, you'll see it when you uh, watch Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. You'll see two, he has two braids that, uh, that are Wookiee pelts. What? I never noticed them. Yeah. I never really noticed They're really them pronounced on the cartoon. Yeah, uh, yeah, all of Boba Fett's uh, proportions Ooh, on the cartoon. Good. Everything's proportions are way crazy on that. Luke's head, his hair, R two D two squashes and <laughs> stretches as a mechanical Han Solo's droid. squint. Yeah, his gigantic it's all, nose. It's all. It's all fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, an, another really fun, like little thing to nerd out about is that the the rifle that uh, Boba Fett uses is a dis- tuning fork. Tuning fork. <laughs> Just, also a uh, a disintegrator disruptor, uh, which actually makes its way into the Mandalorian. It's it's the rifle that that Mando uses in the Mandalorian, which is just one of those great nods. I think very very, uh, very cool. We come out of the cartoon. We're back into Wookies yelling at each other for about fifteen minutes. I look oh. at the time and I say, "What? There's forty minutes left in this thing?" And there sure is. Harvey Corman <laughs> shows up again. Uh, he's a robot. He's trying to fix himself. This is when I had the revelation that there's not a studio audience that's helping me to laugh at this stuff. Uh, and then uh, we quickly jump to, not quickly, quickly for podcast reasons, we quickly jump to the Moss Eisley <laughs> Cantina where Beatrice Arthur is, and she is the barkeep of this cantina. And okay. Harvey Corman shows up again. The it, tattooing before the Moss Eisley, those are, those are feature film shot bits, right? Yes. I'm so glad you pointed that out. There is cut footage in this thing. Yeah. That you do not see anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And that's actually really cool for a Star Wars nerd to see like the alleys of Tatooine that they did not use in A New Hope. Like that's that's pretty fun to see. 
what you guys think of the uh, cantina single sing song romance uh, scene? It's excruciatingly long. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and just when you think it's over, you've got about five more minutes left in it. Um, I would say the things that I liked about it was a lot of costumes that we didn't see in a new hope. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a couple of creatures that I think were not even in a new hope. B Arthur at one point sings to like a giant, almost it looks like a Jim Henson type of uh, mouse or rat, like a giant mouse or rat that she sings to. Uh, she dances with walrus men and, and, and Greedo. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But did you like it? <laughs> That's the question. Aaron, what do you think? It's the best uh, <laughs> it's the best set in the in the Star Wars special in terms of the environment's smoky and it feels more cinematic and then they cut the other so I like that. I, I didn't really care for the segment cuz I'm getting so caught looking at all the characters and trying to see what I can see. Some point a dude pours a drink in his head That's or Harvey something. Corman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pours it right into his head for comedic effect. Yeah. Eh, anyways, yeah, I didn't love it, but I like the set. That's the how set he feels big. It. That's how it, to be clear. That's how that's he drinks. How yeah, how he drinks. It wasn't like nyak nyak nyak. It was a. Uh, oh, I will thank you. I'll enjoy this beverage. It was. It okay. was biological. It was scientific. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I, I feel like the convention of the idea of this sketch isn't bad. Let's have B. Arthur sing a song as a kind of a, a bartender of in, in the Mosaisley Cantina. I think if if I was pitching a segment, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you're you're behind but, that. I would be like, okay, that sounds interesting. And we'll have all the cool monsters and the kids are there. If this is for kids, they want to see all the monsters. They want to see all the the aliens and things. Um, And the fact that you get a little bit more time with them and she's singing and dancing with them. So it's kind of done in a positive way. I like that. I didn't mind that at all. Again, length, just the song was too long. The scene into it was too long. You could have had that quick flirt happen, establish it, have him come back at the end. Get The song I thought was fine. It's uh, cool. it's uh, one more round, friends, sung to the tune of the Cantina Band. We go back to Kashyyyk. Lumpy's about to be shot by a stormtrooper, which could be the most exciting thing that happens in this episode or in this in this uh, two hour experience. But then, uh, what do you know? Chewbacca shows up with Han, and uh, Han straight up kills a stormtrooper. Yeah, takes care. Well, of Well, he doesn't though. Physics doesn't, kills the, the stormtrooper, I suppose. No, doesn't they show very specifically that he trips on something? That the stormtrooper steps on something and slips. Mm. Watch it again, man. He, he's not hoofed over the rail. He, there, there's a struggle, and the stormtrooper steps on something and, watch it again. and lays over the thing. Miriam says, "Watch so it again." It's, you got kids watching. You can't have Han Solo huck a, a guy over to his death. He has to fall to die by accident. No, you're That's right. You Why would we want to take a character that shoots somebody under a bar table uh, and and kills hundreds of stormtroopers? Why would we want to show him violent here? Because it's in prime time and not in the movies. That's why. Do you think that's the moment George Lucas decided, I got to change that new hope scene? (laughs) Was this? He's like, (laughs) that that, that was was the impetus of like, no, no, you know what? We got to switch shooting, killing this stormtrooper. And they're like, oh, George Lucas is like, no, 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 I'm changing the character. Just have him trip. And now that we're at like years from now, I got to change that scene. So the uh, stormtrooper falls to his death. Uh, Han reunites uh the chew crew all together uh han talks about how basically chewbacca's family is his family uh he talks about how big lumpy's grown just uh can can we note in this moment here that chewbacca's home the family has been wanting chewbacca this whole time yeah what's the first thing that happens 
Han Solo steps up and has a big moment. And then once Han Solo leaves, they're like, oh, hey, dad. Yeah, you too. I just felt like that was kind of weird. I felt like they would swarm their father. Oh, my God, Chewbacca, you're back. But it was all about Harrison Ford. And and then and these were the lines of their start where he's just not giving her. Reason. He's not caring at all here. That. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, do, have you considered that the reason why they focused on uh, Han Solo one Harrison Ford two uh, as a backup, the only one speaking English uh, in 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 the entire group? Yeah, I totally agree. You can see why they did it. I'm just saying it stinks. But Harrison Ford delivers his like most like most bored Harrison Ford lines here ever, where he's like. Lumpy, you've grown so much. Like he's just so over it. It's always prickly. I like prickly Harrison yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're really big and you guys mean a lot to me. And you guys okay, go now. Um, you mean a lot to me. I'm out of here. <laughs> so the Wookiees get their life orbs together. Yeah. Then there's like a weird 70s dissolve life, thing. Life snow globes. Life snow globes. Then they're walking in the galaxy into a nebula. Uh, they get robed up at this point. At some point in time, they get they get all robed up. They, they get, get robed like, up. Uh, it's a sham wow. No, it's a it's a snuggly. What is it called? It's like a snuggy. Yeah, it's a snuggy. snuggy yeah, yeah it's snuggy. They get their red snuggies on, and they all surround around the tree of life. And at this point, um, the entire cast of Star Wars is there. You guys heard that the reason why they were all wearing these red robes is because they ran out of money. I be I believe it. I believe that Yeah, they ran out of money for that scene. They shot it last and there was nothing in the budget for costumes for all the Wookiees that make full Wookiee. Costumes. Oh, there you so go. So they're that just making sense. heads and arms and that's they're like it. just heads. Yeah. They're like, no, just heads and hands. No, no rest of the bodies. That was a, that was a cost conscious. How weird do the, yeah, it is nightmarish. How weird do those robes look? Super weird. They look like end of the world. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Like Heaven's Gate. They sort of look like Heaven's exactly. Gate robes, right? Yeah. You sure this goes to the life tree? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Drink this Kool-Aid. I had turned away from watching this and I turned back around and I was like, oh, is this where they sacrificed one of their own? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. life tree demands. Life day is about taking a life. This is when we learned this. Was, uh, <laughs> to keep life, you have to yeah. give one. And then you would think the show is over. You would think this is the big coup de gras. They got everybody together. Everybody's hugging. Happy life day, pal. But no, <laughs> there's like a like a five minute epilogue uh, that takes place of everybody gathered around back at the uh, Chewie's house. I, I don't know. Hugging. I think more hugging and more growling. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I just couldn't take anymore. I, and I'm a Star Wars fan. I, I think uh, if I if I may, please, I, I feel like. I thought that little bit at the end was nice again, too long, but it was like, if this is Thanksgiving dinner and this is what, pardon me, if this is Thanksgiving weekend, when this thing's coming out and it correlates right away to the, you're probably watching this on your Thanksgiving weekend and you're about to sit down and have the same moment. So again, stakes, tenderness, bridge with the audience. I thought it was a nice little cherry to end it. Quite frankly, after the whole, that's all I wanted to see was family and love without a lot of nonsense. But it took a, again. I mean, you know, we've. I'm sure we've all been a part of a prayer over before dinner. Maybe I haven't been. I've been a two-hour prayer over dinner. You could have yes. made it ten seconds. You know, we would have been the same jam. But again, 
I, you can see why it was there. Again, everything, the journey was just way too long. But I will say, I really felt like that what was more off-putting for me was this Carrie Fisher song. I feel like it's something she fought for. I feel like it's something her, her agent demanded and it was the big deal. And it, it kind of didn't really include anyone else. And it's so stagnant. She just is leaning on Chewbacca, hugging Chewbacca for this whole number. Nobody moves. Nobody moves. I, I'm, I, maybe they ran out of money for the choreographer. I mean, nothing happens. Everyone's just standing there with their, you know, life day is the right day to have life day today, whatever, to the soundtrack of Star Wars. Brutal, brutal, brutal. My brutal. favorite thing about that entire segment is is Chewbacca thinking back on what happened in a much better movie. That movie's called Star Wars. Yeah. And they basically they run just like clips or something. Running of it. clips. <laughs> running clips. They're like, we can't keep the camera on Carrie Fisher this entire time. Like, this is way too long and dreary of a song. Roll the clips of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then the movie ends. Uh, and so does our exhaustingly long review of the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special. Um, I think we're very clear at this point that... We're doing this in... 15-minute chunks for the next four years That's on right. Life Day, right? That's right. Every okay, Life good. Day, we're going to release another edition. We just pre-recorded so many episodes. I love great. it. We've, yeah. really, we've really padded the show uh, and and our, our release block. Yay. It's really great. It's like CBS asked George Lucas, George Lucas what he wanted to do, and he's like, you know what? It would be easier if I told you what not to do. I'm going to send over a tape. And they're like, oh. Oh, this is what he wants to do. <laughs> this is done. Oh, okay, great. Put it on. <laughs> they, they missed the memo. Every single decision, the wrong one. That was fun. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So listen, we're going to continue our discussion of Life Day and the Star Wars Holiday Special. There are rumors that Life Day celebrations on Batuu are coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And what could those celebrations look like? And what type of armchair imagineering would we do if we could bring Life Day into the Disney parks? Uh, to find that out, you're going to have to t- go over to We Like Theme Parks for part two of our Life Day discussion, where we get some wild and creative ideas about how Life Day should be represented. But in the meantime, would you guys like to join us for a quick round of Mask Off? Yes. Yes, please. Let's do it. Awesome. Mask Off, as uh, you may remember, is two random characters and one random contest. We're going to do two random characters from the Star Wars Holiday Special. What do you think about that, Aaron? I don't think anybody will know who any of these characters are. Fantastic. <laughs> it makes it even better. All right. We're, we're going to spin the wheels. I told you to oil it up. I <laughs> said, you put WD-40 on it, and I told you it's a corrosive at the end of the day. Oh, that's, that's what you were Next time you use about. a wax-based, yeah. Oh. Well, Listen to it. Listen to how sick your wheel's going to sound. Never heard a better, better sound. We have Chewbacca versus Luke. Who is a better hang gliding instructor? Chewbacca versus Luke, better hang gliding instructor. Uh, friends at We Like Theme Parks, go for it. I'm going to say Chewbacca straight away. Uh, the wind through his fur alone. <laughs> yes. Is going to, is going to, is going to win this. Silky waves. St- stabilize it. It's oh, like yeah. a, it's like a furl on an arrow or whatever. Yeah. It's like a and what? Just I don't a... know the little arrow things at the end. <laughs> oh, I see. I a bow and arrow. Yes. Oh, I had no idea what you were talking about at first. <laughs> okay. Join the club. Okay. And even just as a, a hang glider, this guy can go pro based on the shampoo sponsorships alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Right. His Head and shoulders is going to be all over that. He's going to be on every commercial, hang gliding, and then you, and then he's going to make a career after that as an instructor. Yes, please. Mm. Chewbacca for sure. 100%. Okay. okay. I'm going to respectfully disagree. I'm going to okay. go ahead with Luke mm. because hello, the force. Mm. 
you know, I'm just going to will my plane to go in the right way. Uh, you know, and if I want some, some stuff in my hair, if I want a nice breeze force, yeah. give me force, 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 hairstyle. Yeah. force, yeah. boom. He can just will it to happen. I'm behind so that. Look out. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Miriam? Luke for reasons that were also brought up in the special. He speaks English. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually going to be selling product when mm-hmm. he has a sponsorship as opposed to chewy, completely unintelligible. <laughs> right, exactly. And then frustrated when people can't understand <laughs> what he's selling. hundred <laughs> percent. Aaron, you want to weigh in on this one? Like it to be the tiebreaker or you're going to weigh in too. I would go, I'm not weighing I'm going to go with one. the tiebreaker. I'm going to go with Chewbacca because that house is pretty high off the ground. There's no way the fire escape plan for that is not a hang glider. <laughs> so actually in Wookiee school, you're, you're trained in hang gliding pretty young. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little known like, fact. Yeah. Because if the stairway goes out, you're not getting down any other way. You, you have to have a hang glider. Yeah. Down. yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll align with that answer. All right. Ready for another yeah. one? Yeah. Yes. Do it. This one. You ready for that wheel? Yeah. That wheel spinning. Look out. Sounds so good. Sounds we'll, like a, we'll see when I edit the <laughs> podcast. Oh, man, you always, you always make, me look like, make me look like a fool. <laughs> Cookie song, wheel sound. What do you got? Jefferson Starship. Oh. Versus R2D2. In a tricycle race, who wins this one? This is my favorite contest we've ever had. Oh, wow. All the members of Jefferson Starship get their own tricycle. All of the members of Jefferson Starship. Or they're on one tricycle stacked up on each other's shoulders. go either way. All right. We built this city on tricycles. <laughs> you, you, I knew the answer as soon as you said it was red. For sure, R2-D2. R2-D2. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Nice. Wow. Surprising. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Color scheme alone. Yeah. So it would make a nice contrast. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Mark too. I'm going to say R2D2. I think R2 has, you know how R2 always has something that mm-hmm. like some kind of robot gadget. Yep. gadget that yep. can, I think he's got something that can attach and properly cycle, you know, and pike the ride the bike. I'm going with R2D2 yeah. and the color thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to also go with R2D2. But I pictured him wow. winning by popping wheels to help assist. Like that's part of his toolkit. Oh yeah, because he's got more wheels on the ground. He doesn't have to pedal. Is that cheating though? Like oh, he pops an extra wheel out, or like his old thrusters? Any which way, you know. That's true. He's just there to win. Cute. Just there to cute. Win. He's like he's not cheating. He's winning. <laughs> he's being cute. It's he's okay. Adorable. It's cute. Look at him go. There's all five of those guys on Jefferson <laughs> Starship. There's just one or two. D two. Adorable. You win. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. One last one. We got Princess Leia versus Zondan, Art uh-huh. Carney, who's a better monster truck driver. Who Oof. drives that monster truck? Oof. Zondan or Princess Leia? God, it's just hands down. There's no question about it. No question about it. It's Princess Leia. <laughs> all right. Am Are I, you is crazy? Right? It's Everybody the traitor. I think we all agree. I think that. Yeah, Princess Leia for sure. 100%. I would be surprised if Zandam. anybody said anything else. Take, uh, defend your statement. I think that guy is actual profession is monster cr- truck driver. <laughs> he did have a, a shirt that was unbuttoned right? down to his navel. So yeah, you're probably right on that. I'm, I'm with Aaron. I feel like he's a man for all seasons. You know, if you're like, kid, you happen to know how to ride a driver monster truck? He's going to be like, oh yeah, hey, I've done oh, yeah, that. I can do that. 
I know. Yeah, one of the things. Yeah, 64, 96-inch wheels on that. <laughs> I go rescue Wookiees when they go hang gliding off their homes. Yeah, that's how I got here. I got in a little incident, came to Kashyyyk to get out of the monster truck thing. I'll go back. Oh, I was just too, I was just too wrapped up in the monster truck gang. <laughs> yeah. It was like affecting my family. <laughs> You've convinced me. Yeah. Nice. I turned one. All right. Mask awesome. off. Woo! There we go. That was mask that was fun. off. Uh, hey, friends, we can't wait to see you over on your podcast shortly. Yeah. Again, if you want to tune into part two of our discussion, we're going to be over mm. on the We Like Theme Parks podcast, and it's going to be a hot time in the old town tonight. Right on. Is Looking that a thing? To That's it. a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hot time in Kashyyyk. <laughs> hot, yeah. hot time in Kashyyyk tonight. <laughs> All right, friends, we'll see you over on your show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yay. Yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Let's let's do number two. Let's do uh, well, we can just record the second episode. <laughs> I think we should pause for number two. <laughs> Check us out at wheelightheapark.com <laughs> for number two. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We loved making this show with our friends. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Again, don't forget, if you want to listen to part two of this, yep. you got to go over to We Like Theme Parks podcast where they will have the history of Life Day and the Star Wars holiday special part two with their friends, Bob Slits and Banthas. Speaking of which... This has been Bob's and Banthas. Yeah, it has. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. No matter what's happening. Rain or shine. Rain or shine, cookies or no cookies. Cook- you're getting a podcast. A cookie ration or a cookie plenty. Yep. Or good and plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got it. Yeah. Please be sure to subscribe, and we would love it if you went over to Apple Podcasts and left us a review of the show. Uh, we want to take a moment to thank one of our listeners who did that. This is from Mage Watts 57 who left us a quick but snappy and five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. He says, backside of water, sweep spot, Disney dish, now this. Thank you. Top tier, five-star. Yeah, those were all podcasts that that uh, reviewer left. I don't think he, he, he did them in order. I think that was in no particular order. He was just naming podcasts that are really good. That's true, but the podcasts he listed and put us in with yeah. are like, super established podcast yeah, like thank you like high episode numbers been podcasting for a long time brings a lot of great information to people Yay. i would recommend any of those podcasts for people to what listen you're saying to. is we're in good company and so that means something. great company so thanks mage, for the review mage watts thank you so much for that review is mage watts a jedi name that sounds like a jedi name it should be yeah if you're not a jedi you should look better into it better than co bibble way better than co bibble Hey, visit us at bobsledsandbanthas.com. You can email us, podcast at bobsledsandbanthas.com if you want to uh, send in a, a show topic that you want us to talk about mm-hmm. or have a question. You should. Something that we want to riff on. We would love it if you sent us an email, podcast at bobsledsandbanthas.com. We got an email from Mason. He says, hi guys, I love your podcast Thank and you. I just wanted to share my personal connection with the Disney family. Okay. My great uncle was George Floyd Gottferson, who wrote and drew Mickey Mouse in the comics during the comic run oh, from right what on. I think is the 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah. And when my grandmother was a kid, he would bring them to Disney, and I have a photo of him sitting next to Mickey in front of the castle. Uh, and if you want, I can send that over. Yeah, I, I would love really to cool. see that. Thank you so much for making a great podcast that combines two of my favorite things ever. Wow. 
Signed Mason. Thank you, Mason. Thanks that was an email. awesome, awesome email. And we'll uh, take that photo. I'd love to see it. Also, any yes. original uh, Mickey Mouse comic art. Yeah, if you we'll, want to we'll send, take, we'll take send some well. originals from your uh, from your grandfather or your great uncle, that would be yeah, great. The podcast studio is very secure. Uh, it's weather weather resistant. We'll make sure to have it framed. Yep. Uh, vacuum sealed, perhaps. Totally. Some sort of climate Thanks for control. the email. It was great. So you can send us an email, podcast at bobsandbanthas.com. Uh, if you have something you want to share with us, or like I said, a show topic, we would love that. Patreon.com, Bob, Susan, Banthas, if you want to support us. Tpublic.com, if you want to wear us. And join the other Bantha tiers over on Instagram. We're at Bob, Susan, Until next week, he's been Aaron. At AaronRobbins.com. Ooh, I like it. And I've been Scott. Hey, Scott Storm. At, put the ad at the beginning. Yeah, put the ad at the beginning. What You just gave me a greeting. Yeah. But you put the ad at the beginning. Yeah. And that's what you get. That's what you get. We've been Bob Sis and Banthas. Thanks so much for joining us again. Hear more of us over at We we'll Like Theme right Parks. Yeah, we'll see you right we'll over, see over there. there. We're gonna, in fact, we're going over there right we're now. Heading, we're heading to this their studio. This is the sound of us leaving the studio, closing the door. Bunk. We have bunk podcast Walk studios. Magnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound, yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.